Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. Rainy Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, or just to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting in this chair over here, sitting over there. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's both Miss 305 and Miss 956. She's Ashley Pickle. One of those. Gosh darn What's it. going on? One of those is accurate. We okay? Yeah. Do we have a camera that's not working? No, I pressed the wrong button. Oh, okay. Today's Monday, October 23rd, 2022. 30 days until Thanksgiving. Gosh darn it. That's so soon. That's a month, That's folks. crazy. That's, like a, that's a spiritual month. Literally. Uh, happy birthday to Drake, episode 1,482. On today's show, my friends, big show. We've got Monday morning fallout. Going to overreact to the football weekend. Plenty to overreact to after a big football weekend. Then we're going to be joined by the head coach of the Refurio Bobcats. They did a thing Our friend weekend. Jason Herring will join us. Um, the always low-key, always measured Jason Herring. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm 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 actually going to ask him. This is true. I'm going to ask him if he's having fun because I think people look at him and he's all he always looks stressed out. Yeah, you know what I mean um, because he takes it so seriously. His halftime interview was very like was peak Jason Herring. Yeah. Um, when they aired it at Bally's this past week, it was like they're up, they're doing great, and he's like, we have that penalty. <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he's having fun. Because he should be having fun there with the Refugio Bobcats after their big winner of Shiner. We'll talk to Coach Herring. Then back out the show, we'll unveil the Week 10 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press, Texas High School Football Statewide Rankings. Do we first four through the door? Uh, we sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Nick Morton, Just Chad, and Tony Blaylock. Welcome in, friends. Howdy, friends. We have a lot of friends watching today. Hi uh, to all our other friends. Hi. Hello. Any reason? They just want to see you? No, they want to hear about the valley. It's they week want to hear 10. about tacos. Yeah, we can talk about tacos. That. Are great guys. We'll we'll break down the taco situation tomorrow. We'll, we'll recap our trip to the valley. Yeah, I want to bring Ish in for it too because yeah. he got to see the. He he looked very busy out there. Yeah. I didn't want to bother him. So pickle hit the air raid siren. It's time for Monday morning fallout. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, 
it was week nine, and it was uh, a week that we built up as being potentially legendary. So And it delivered. So I guess we probably better overreact to it. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Thought number one, believe the hype. We spent all of last week telling you how great week nine of the Texas high school football season had a chance to be. That it had just a, a, a slew of games across the state with major statewide implications, major district implications, uh, major rivalry implications, just a massive slate of games. And whenever we do that here, and especially like whenever we build up a game and we tell you, oh my gosh, this game's going to be great. I think that there's some pressure on us to, well, because if that game's a dud or if the week's a dud, mm-hmm. then we look like real dummies. Especially because, I mean, we, we've hyped up weeks before. We haven't hyped up Not a like week this. like this. This was like, I we the, literally put all of our eggs into one basket. I opened the picks thanking football Jesus. Yeah. So like, it's got to live up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, as it so often does, Texas high school football came through. Mm-hmm. It did. So shout out football Jesus. So I think there were yeah, shout out football Jesus. I think there were going into the game, I think there were six big, like real showcase games. There were other ones. We'll talk about some of them over the course of the the, 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 day, the day and the course of the week. There were other ones, but I think there were six that were really standout. So I'm gonna go game by game from like li- 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 lived up to the hype the least. Okay. Who lived up to the hype the most. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Den Geyer 49, Allen 7. We were at a game on Thursday night. We were at PSJA in Edinburgh North. Thanks mm-hmm. to our friends at PSJA ISD for the hospitality. Um, we'll have a lot more on, on our trip to the Valley I tomorrow. I got a lote. Um, but we got home, and we, we, we uh, this game was on ESPN 2, the deuce. And um, we, so we watched it on demand because the game was over by the time we got home. Mm-hmm. So we watched it on demand. And so we knew what had happened. Like, we knew the score. We were f- tracking it, but we right. were watching it because we were at a game. Um, that was a demolition. That was a butt whooping. It was 14 nothing at half. And you were like, okay, well, maybe Allen. Now, now Allen did have a key injury. Kevion Sibley, their they're starting running back, went out with what what we fast-forwarded through it because we saw the Twitter. Like, yeah. Twitter kind of blown up. They said it was kind of a gruesome injury, and I don't do gruesome injuries. Mm-mm. So we kind of fast-forwarded through yeah, it. Yeah, that was an easy decision they, to just skip through that They one. had to cart him off late in the first half, which is terrible, and certainly we're wishing the best for him. Um, but the guy or defense was spectacular in this game, and then Jackson Arnold just cooked. It was the Jackson Arnold show. This was... This was a demolition. It was Geyer hands Allen their worst loss in 25 years. Mm-hmm. 1997 was the last time they lost a game like this uh, by 42 points. Bosco didn't do this, mm-hmm. right? Um, they've lost. They've lost playoff games. Like if you go back, like to the 08, like 08 or so, Southie Carroll whipped them in the playoffs and not by 42 points. This was a demolition, and Geyer certainly looked the part of. Probably the favorite in six eight D. Yeah, and it almost looked like Geyer was playing a team that just wasn't even in their weight class. You know, like it, to it did, to say that crazy. Allen was not in their weight class is insane to say, but that's really what it looked like. That there was never any any sign of struggle from Geyer. Alito thirty five, Denton Ryan twenty one. The other game at CH Collins Stadium, mm-hmm. and and this was a really good game, but it's fifth on this list. Um, I thought that. This was a real coming out party for the Ryan, or I'm sorry, for the Alito defense. Uh, Ryan was at full strength. Ryan had Kalen Davis and Ryan had Kaleeb Hicks. 
they were at full strength. And I want to say it was 21-7 at half. 21-7 at half. And then Ryan pulls back and, and is able to pull even with them mm-hmm. before Alito hits the, ga- the Jets. Hoss Haney, their quarterback, um, he's really grown up as a, as a passer. Mm-hmm. And then he's got the secret weapon, which is he's a former wide receiver, so he's real fast. Mm-hmm. And like he had a basically a, a dagger touchdown run at the end of the game that, that really, real, I mean, put it away. It made it 35, gave the final score of 35-21. He's a problem. Mm-hmm. He's well, a problem. and then they've got two backs to back him up back they there. Got, like, I mean, the running, the, running, the running capability of that team is insane. They are able to keep it on the ground. The offensive line is, I thought, held up pretty well in this game. And so they run their district winning streak to 110. And Ryan's going to finish in third place in that district. And they're going to go on the road maybe to Lake Belton in week one, in round one. That's Watch fun. this space. Lake Belton? Someone else. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Harlingen 37, San Benito 21. We'll talk more about it with Ishmael Johnson tomorrow. But the scene down there was insane, as we predicted it would be for the Battle of the Arroyo. And for Harlingen, I thought this game, I thought they set the tone with that first drive. Because mm-hmm. their first drive, they march down the field and they score. And then I want to say the next drive was when Isaiah Bell broke off that 92-yard touchdown. Yeah, that was 14 nothing. At that point, San Benito, who had been spectacular defensively, has got to be looking around being like, uh, what's going on? No one's ever done this. This game looked like it was going to be a blowout. San Benito roars back, takes the lead. 21-17 before Randy Morales and Isaiah Bell put a capper on it and Harlingen pulls away. The Arroyo stays red for another year. They move to 8-0. They're almost certainly going to finish 10-0 and they're going to win the district. So what a win for Harlingen and, and Manny Gomez and company. Franklin 49, Lorena 35. Um, another game which was a real spectacular showcase. Mm-hmm. Lorena had stomach for the fight in this game. They were. This game was tied 35 up. Uh, I want to say in the fourth quarter, and they were having their way offensively. They were able to move the ball, um, and and their quarterback, whose name I have in my text messages, um, their quarterback was. Um, he was nine for nine in the first. Yeah, half. he was great. Nine for nine and three touchdowns in the first half. I do know that. Um, uh, he's the baseball Brock kid. Brock cool yeah Brock cool he was excellent in this game but the real headline here and the reason that Franklin won is because of Bryson Washington Bryson Washington had six touchdowns in this game and we talked about it for, uh, on, on on last week I talked about it in the picks is that the danger of playing Franklin is that they've got the two fastest guys in the class I'm comfortable saying maybe there's some defensive back on another team but like two of the fastest guys yeah, in the Bryce class. Yeah, Bryson Washington. And Bryson Washington. Beast. And so they are a running team, but they're a home run hitting running team. And so you have to play pretty much perfect defense for 48 minutes or else they're, or else every time they get a seam, they're faster than you. And that's what ended up being the difference here. Franklin gets a great one. Refurio 38, Shiner 27. Uh, this has to feel vindication. We're going to talk with Jason Herring here in a moment. This has to feel good for, for Refurio after kind of getting their pants pulled down last last year. And they go and they kind of go back in the lab. They change their whole offense. They're now more of a, a grinding, pounding running game. Isaiah Bell or Isaiah Bland. Yeah, Bell is. Uh, is Isaiah Bell, Bell, Isaiah Bland yes. for Refurio. Um, 
was excellent in this game. Mm-hmm. We we mentioned that. Yeah. Like, when's the last time that sh- a Shiner team has showed up and not had, like, the most prolific run attack? I mean, that it happened. that's the thing. I mean, they were able to run the ball really mm-hmm. well. I watched a fair amount of the second half um, streaming it on the Refurio Sports Network. Refurio is noticeably better up front this mm-hmm. year. I also think Shiner is maybe not as good as they were up front, but that's like that's damning with faint praise mm-hmm. because it's like I mean they're they were incredible uh, last year. Well, and I believe that that offensive line for uh, Refurio is pretty young too, so it like is, they've made huge strides in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I, absolutely. The other thing for me is that they were able to contain for the most part. Dalton Brooks mm-hmm. contain. Now he bro- he got his and he oh, broke yeah. a couple, but he's going to do that every time. But yeah, you can't you can't go in trying to stop him. You just have to go in trying to slow him down. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm really excited about a rematch. Mm-hmm. I think a rematch is a coin flip game. Mm-hmm. Refurio got this one. I think a, I think I think Refurio it would be a very slight favorite on a neutral site. It's really hard to beat a good team twice. Exactly right, and this is this is gonna go, they're almost certainly gonna go at it again, and it's gonna be awesome. I think these are I think last year it became clear that China was a lot better than Refurio. Mm-hmm. This year I think they're very evenly matched, and Refurio made the plays in this one. Massive massive uh, win for Refurio. But the banger of the night: China Spring thirty-eight, Stephenville thirty-six. Yep. Uh, Stephenville's 23-game winning streak is snapped. Uh, China Spring... <laughs> and it ended on a game-winning field goal, correct? <laughs> yes. So I watched... I watched After Refurio, Shiner became like the... the it became apparent what was going to happen. I flipped mm-hmm. over to uh, Stephenville, China Spring. I was watching this game. China Spring had this game in hand. Mm-hmm. They picked off a pass with about a minute and a half left. Up seven. Up 35-28. China Spring. I don't know what's going on on the sideline. I, I'm not here to, to question play calling, but here comes some questioning of play calling. <laughs> China Spring first down drops back to pass, and they complete a short, they complete a pass for like a loss. And I'm like, that's strange. Steamville banks timeout, second down. I'm like, okay, that, that's strange. You're just trying to get them to kill these time, these timeouts and try to get a first down. You, get, you run for first down, you win the game. Mm-hmm. They drop back on second down. Mm-hmm. Catch what Colin does. He throws it. He's flushed out to his right. He throws it. And it's picked mm-hmm. by Stephenville. And I'm going, well, why'd you do that? Yep. That I think you seem- even put in the slack. You were like, uh, what's happening? <laughs> so, so there you go. Stephenville, next play, touchdown. Mm-hmm. Ryder Lambert throws a touchdown. Stephenville, smartly, in my opinion, decides to go for two and they get it. Yep. And suddenly they're leading 36-35 with like 40 seconds left in a game they had won. Mm-hmm. And again, they had one with like 48 seconds left. But China Spring marches down the field. They get a couple of, they get a penalty, but they get a couple of big time throws from Cash McCollum. They get into field goal range and Thomas Barr boots through a game winning 42 yard field goal. They got a weapon at kicker in Thomas Barr. He boots through a game winning 42 yard field goal as time expires. And China Spring snaps the the, the 23 game winning streak for Stephenville. A remarkable game. Um, I would again love to see this game played again mm-hmm. um and it, it was it was it was bizarre and i will I, I would say that i think both teams will say they probably didn't play their best mm-hmm. so i would love to see this run back um and we might get it anyway fantastic game and a fantastic week of games that's thought number one <laughs> thought number two it's time to talk about jimbo 
Woof. So I went on a date on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never guess with who. Uh, my wife. Went on a date. So I wasn't paying a ton of attention to the college football landscape at night. Mm-hmm. So I get home. I check my phone. And I see that South Carolina's beaten Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. 30-24. And I go, what? So I go and I watch it back. Because I have to see what's going on in this one. And... Now, Stephen, uh, South Carolina is a better team than they have been. Yes. And I think that's important to say. And this was on the road. But this looked no like a football team coming out of an open date that was entirely unprepared. Entirely unprepared. They were down 17 nothing in the first five minutes. They give up the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Haynes King throws a pick that nearly gets taken back, and, is, and is, they hold for a field goal. And then they have a weird fumble with the new center that bounces into South Carolina's d- defender's hand. During the end zone, two plays later, it's 17 nothing in a blink on the road. This game was not a 30-24 game. This was a, this was a butt-kicking. And... And I, okay, there's now this like weird, like counter pushback to people who are saying that Jimbo, like for people who are saying that Jimbo Fisher's offense has got to change and that Jimbo Fisher's offense is outdated, right? And people are saying, well, what do you mean? Like, like be specific. Okay, I'll be specific. According to PFF, which is not everything, but I think it's a good measurement of things. Haynes King is the 139th best quarterback in the FBS. 139th. And maybe you're thinking, well, that's just a Haynes King problem. Max Johnson is 118th. Okay? Quarterbacks in the FBS. That's where they rank in PFF. And if you're asking me schematically, but maybe you're saying, okay, well, that's just a them problem. That's just a a player problem, a personnel problem. If they get the right quarterback in there, if they get Connor Wigman in there, things are going to change. Texas A&M has attempted, attempted 24 passes beyond 20 yards this year. 24. That ranks 11th out of the Texas FBS teams. 11th out of 12th. 11th for deep shots. They do not stretch the field. They do not challenge safeties. Plain and simple. They don't challenge them on the seam with the tight end. They don't challenge them where they have five-star tight ends. They don't challenge them on the wide receivers where they've got five-star receivers. They don't challenge them. And by the way, they are not... Like, this is, their offensive line is not good, but this is not an offensive line issue. If you look at their snap to snap to throw, they're about middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. They're not getting, like, this is not an issue of having time to throw. They've got time to throw. They just don't go deep. They don't. They don't take the top off defense. They don't stretch them vertically. And so you're having to compact defenses, and they're having to deal with 11 people in the box fundamentally. That's the issue we're dealing with. If you want to get specific... So let me ask you a question, Ashley Pickle. Mm-hmm. I just want your opinion on this. Okay. The all-time college football record for a buyout is $22 million. $22 million, which was paid to Gus Malzahn by Auburn to go away. Mm-hmm. You got paid $22 million to leave. That would be so cool. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> if Texas A&M... If, if Jimbo Fisher had a $22 million buyout, would he be the coach in 2023? This is year five. Yeah, I think he's gone. If it, if it was just 22, and that's crazy to say, if it was just $22 million. Because it's like 88. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, they, they signed their own death wish. Like, I don't know 
They are. I don't out. know how you ever offer someone that much money for that extended amount of they time and out. expect it to work. They are out of options. Yeah. They have tied themselves mm-hmm. to Jimbo Fisher. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach. But what I'm saying is you have no means of leverage to get him to adjust. No. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's the king. He's got the guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Fire him? Nobody's going to cut that check. No. Nobody's going to cut that check. They're three and four. The last time they were un- they were below 500 was after the season opener in 2017 mm-hmm. when they got beat by UCLA, if you remember that crazy comeback yep. game. And by the way, what happened at the end of that season? Yep. Kevin Sumlin got fired. If yep. you go back to a time when they were below 500, not counting 0-1, it's when they lost the Independence Bowl to Georgia in 2009 when they were still a member of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. This is, I would say this is rock bottom, but they're probably going to lose to Ole Miss. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think, I don't see it getting any better at this point, but what are you going to, you, you offered him the money. That's, that's on you. There are uncomfortable conversations to be had mm-hmm. about the future of the Texas A&M football program. And it's strange to say that considering all the trajectory that they had had, but this has been a precipitous fall. Well, and guess what? They started the year number six, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're tied. You're you're tied to him, and you're about to have Oklahoma and Texas come into the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's well, what are you going to do? Those those Oklahoma is in a bad spot right now, but Texas is clearly better than A and M right at this exact moment. Oh yeah, and knowing that's coming that's up about. on the hill, like that's not fun. I thought about that all weekend mm-hmm. too. It's strange because if I'm serious, if the contract, otherwise he'd be on the hot seat right now. Oh, absolutely. He'd be on the hot, at least the hot seat right now. Yeah, that but would he can't be, be. That would be one. He of doesn't those, have a seat. Yeah, that would be one of those. They go and drop the next one to Ole Miss. You're wondering if he's getting if he's, if he's in the season. Yeah, if he's getting mm-hmm. tossed right after. You're talking that. about interims. You're talking about like DJ Durkin taking mm-hmm. over. Anyway, and thought number three, perfect ten. We're into the 10th week of the Texas high school football season. There's big games everywhere you look. And what I think is going to be fun is that you've got to start diving deeper into the districts. Last week, I think, was interesting because you had these headliners. You had these big-time games all across the state that were just like, it, I don't have to talk you into getting excited about Refurio in China. I don't have to talk you into getting excited about Franklin Lorena. This week, I think what's going to take center stage are these district races. Playoffs start for a lot of these teams this week, which is going to make Week 10 really fun. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Brownsville St. Joseph wide receiver Claudio Torres. He had 13 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns receiving. He ran for 20 yards. He also had two interceptions and returned one for a touchdown. UTSA quarterback Frank Harris. They beat North Texas, and and, and I think Mike Craven said it best. He was at the game. He said, UTSA had Frank Harris, and North Texas didn't. That was the difference. He was nails down the stretch. Where he had, they had to go tit for tat with um, with with North Texas, and he came up aces. Helmet sticker for Frank Harris, and helmet sticker for Bovina running back and linebacker Darian De La Rosa. Don't talk a ton about Bovina, but how about this line? <laughs> Thirty-one carries, two hundred seventy-six yards, two touchdowns rushing. He had eleven tackles and returned a fumble for a touchdown as well. Helmet sticker for Bovina's Darian De La Rosa. Three teams to watch: West, the Trojans, the go comma. to Grandview. <laughs> And get a huge win over the Zebras and establish themselves. They're going to win that district now because the rest of that district is, they're a lot better than the rest of that district. And they're going to be a threat there in 3A Division One. I. I think that is a real statement win 
for the Trojans, for David Woodard's bunch, and I think they're going to be dangerous going, going forward. Angelo State. Hey, do you know Angelo State's 8-0? Yeah, that's wild. How about that? Good for them. This is your public service announcement that Angelo State is 8-0. Watch this space. And finally, Dripping Springs. A signature 6A win as they go and they beat Lake Travis in a thriller. And 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 really, the offense does what they need to and the defense comes up with big stops down the stretch. This is going to be... I mean, Lake Travis is going to finish third in that district. Mm-hmm. And... For Dripping Springs, this is a signature, I think, booing win for them heading into the remainder of the season. Three to see. It's a big week of high school football, as we mentioned. Galena Park, North Shore, and Atascacita. This is a really interesting test of where North Shore is, potentially post-Caleb Bailey. Caleb Bailey still hasn't played. David Amador has been great, Touch but like they would prefer to have him at wide receiver and Caleb Bailey at, at quarterback. Um if they're still without Caleb Bailey, there's a real test of where the number one team in the state is going up against this Tascacia team, which is humming right now. Keep an eye on that one. Baylor and Texas Tech, it's the annual butt bowl. <laughs> B-U-T-T. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Get it? I think both these teams are good. Do you know, they have the exact same record. They're both 4-3. Yeah. and three. They're both 2-2 two and two in conference. Um, real opportunity. If Tech gets this one, if Tech gets this one, especially at home, if they get this one, they're going bowling. This is a real, this is a real pivot game, I think, for for Tech, and they're humming right now. Barrymore looked great. Yeah, that Baylor I think had the a, Jones is sold out too. Yeah, but Baylor had a nice retrenching win this week too. Two teams that I think have gotten their wheels back on after some tough losses. Big game there. And finally, College Station and A&M Consolidated. Lost a little bit of sting this week because College Station lost to Georgetown. But this is the huge game in the Brazos Valley. Uh, statewide implications there in 5A. That's a really fun little district, too. Oh, yeah. It's stretched really far, but it it's is. fun. It's a strange district, <laughs> yeah. but it's very, very interesting. That's a huge game there. That's three to see. That's Monday morning fallout. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one team from each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The teams selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 9, Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week. In 6A, Louisville, trailing 14-7 with under six minutes to play. The Farmers mounted a furious rally capped by Freddie Hoyas, game-winning 31-yard field goal with 24 seconds remaining to win the annual Battle of the Axe against the rival Flower Mound Marcus, 17-14, snapping a three-game skid in the series. In 5A, Colleen Chaparral, the Bobcats made history on Friday night, surging past District foe Pflugerville Connolly, 50-18, to earn the first win in program history. In 4A, Canyon Randall... The uh, the Raiders clinched the District 3-4A Division I title in style on Friday night, handing arch-rival Canyon its first loss of the year, 31-14, in the annual GOAT game. In 3A, Franklin. In a top-10 showdown of defending 3A state champs, Bryson Washington put on a show for the Lions, who won their 24th consecutive game with a 49-35 win over Lorena. In 2A, Colorado City. The Wolves got 181 yards and 
and and two uh, two touchdowns through the air from Mason Monroe and 161 yards and a score from Aiden Breeson to snap an unsightly 10-game losing streak with a 38-8 win over Winters. In 1A, Walnut Springs, in a critical district opener in District 12-1A Division 1, the Hornets outlasted Cranfield's Gap 56-52. In the private school ranks, Keller Harvest Christian. The Saints got into the win column for the first time this season with a 39-26 win over district rival Irving the Highlands. So those are your Week 9 Ozarka Fueled by Nature Teams of the Week. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas loves doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's welcome in the head coach of the Refurio Bobcats. We go to Refurio County to talk with Coach Jason Herring. Coach, how are you? I'm good, Hoss. How you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Best weekend I've had in two years. <laughs> I can imagine. You guys are able to take down China 38-27 uh, and avenge a couple of, I know, losses that, that sting. Um, you've been pretty open about, you know, there's some coaches who say, you know, we just take one game at a time. Uh, you know, we're, we're out here playing against ourselves. You've been pretty open about how important this game was uh, to, and how much you've been talking about this game for, uh, to, to your guys in, in the locker room. What, maybe going into this week, what was your message to your guys, knowing that this was going to be a big game against a team that they certainly want to beat, but at the same time, you know, to keep them focused? Yeah, the, you know, the uh, here's the thing about it is we, if both teams take care of business, we're going to meet again in six weeks. So uh, I'm really, we're real, 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 real super young. I mean, we're, we're starting like or playing significant, significant time like 11 sophomores and freshmen. So uh, the, this team has a chance to be the most improved team I've ever had from week one to week 10 to week 13 to 14. So, uh, yeah, we stressed it, and, and I told the kids it is a big game, but it's not the one that really matters. The one that really matters is when us and China meet in the quarterfinals. Uh, but I thought I actually thought it was a blessing that we got put in the same district because we were able to – I don't normally don't like to play somebody twice – especially if you're the favorite, but being the underdog and considering what happened last year and how young we are, I thought that it was a blessing in disguise to get to to play them early when not so much was on the line because the Shiner game has morphed. Uh, Recently, the Shiner game has morphed into this 11,000 people, winner take all, and whoever wins it's going to win state. That's that's the way it's been since 19. 
whoever won that game wins it all. So uh, with our team being so young, I thought it was really good that we got to play it in a normal stadium, a little more low-keyed, only 7,000 instead of 11,000, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Only 7,000. I do want to ask you, though, because I was watching a fair amount of this game, and um, I, I, of course, mean this in a loving way, but Refurio is a town full of crazy people, uh, and, <laughs> and you guys had quite an atmosphere out there. How, how much of an advantage do you think it was for you guys to simply be there at Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium? Yeah, well, our kids love playing there, and, and we haven't lost very many games there, so I, I would have to say that you know if, if there was any slight advantage, it of course went with us but they had an awesome crowd too uh you know both both teams know each other so well both teams travel well i mean it it honestly felt just like a playoff game it wasn't quite as many people but it felt like just the same as it it feels always when you play shiner uh you know we just we caught more breaks than they did it could have gone either way they still have the greatest football player on the field no doubt i mean that kid's the real deal but we found enough way you know we, we made enough plays to win but uh, we're talking with Jason Herring of Refurio here in Texas football today. You mentioned uh, going up against Dalton Brooks once again there, the, the running back for Shiner, and, and he, he is the real deal. But you guys were able to, you know, you don't stop a guy like that, but you were able to contain him for the most part. And I know that's been something you guys have really stressed over, you know, finding a way to, 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 to slow him down. Uh, what was it, do you think, that was working for you guys defensively uh, last night that, was, that made such a huge difference from the last time we saw these two teams get together? Yeah, well, we, we completely completely changed our uh, defense. So we, we don't, we're, we're, we're really small. We're athletic. We're fast, but we don't have a lot of size. And when you, when you match up against Shiner and you pack everybody up front, they just latch on to you and road grade you. So uh, we went down to Canadian and studied their three, three defense last spring. And we just put the 11 fastest, best water moxin athletes we can on the field on defense. And we bring them from everywhere. And it worked. I mean, it, it, uh, we're a lot more aggressive than we've ever been. Sometimes it doesn't look sound on paper, but uh, th those gaps close extremely fast. So uh, the defensive scheme really helped us. But what helped us most of all was our we completely switched our offensive philosophy. We're still doing a, a lot of the same things, but we're huddling up and we're milking the clock and we're shortening that game because last year we were no huddle, hurry up, run a play every 10 seconds, and Shiner had like, eight possessions in the first half well eight possessions with Dalton Brooks and Doug on your team you're not that's not going to turn out good for you so this year the difference was they only had three possessions because we're huddling up we're pounding the rock we're shortening the game and the whole idea is to keep number two off the field offensively um on the other side uh, you guys got a pretty decent run yourself. Uh, Isaiah Bland had an unbelievable game, 295 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, spectacular performance from him in, in, in a huge spot. Um, you know, the numbers are impressive. You're the guy who sees him every day in practice, though. What is it about Isaiah, especially as a senior on a real young team, what is it about him that really makes him special? Well, he, I uh, tell you what, he's lightning in a jar. I mean, he absolutely can, he may not be the fastest, but he can absolutely cut on a dime with his, with his, maybe as good as I've ever coached. He can change directions and he doesn't slow down a lick. So he's only about five, six, maybe five, five, 145 pounds, but he can, he, he can cut on a dime and he just had a great game. I mean, he, he, he's a really good kid. He's been in the program. What I love about him is he's talented enough. Probably he could play for anybody else in the state, and he would be getting 23 carries like Dalton does. Mm -hmm. But we're so stacked at running back, and we typically are at Refurio, that you know he, he might get five to eight touches on a good night, and you never hear a word from him. I mean, it's, 
In fact, he's usually given up some of his touches. Like we've got a freshman running back, and he's he's always saying, "Coach, let Fishstick have this one. Let Fishstick <laughs> have this one." Uh, Xander Wills, who's going to be phenomenal freshman on varsity right now. Uh, but that's what I love about Isaiah is he is a unbelievable team player, and uh, he's super talented. I just love him. I've had him for six years, and going to be sad to lose him, but he absolutely saved the best for last because. He played lots out. He sure did. Um, it's it's on to the next one though, Coach. And and it, this is a, this is a much tougher district than just Shiner and you guys. Uh-huh. Uh, and you guys uh, uh, you guys go on the road to take on a Kennedy team that's. Um, I mean, let's be real. They're they're desperate. You know, they're they're playing for their they're playing for their their season uh, this week, right. and they would love nothing more than to than to catch you guys sleeping. How do you keep your guys focused, knowing full well that yeah, you know. Shiner may be down the road six weeks, but at the same time, if you don't win this game, things could get really complicated. Yeah, we've got a, you know, Kennedy always does a good job. That coach over there, Coach Alvarez, is just a phenomenal coach, a good friend of mine, to be honest with you. And they run slot T, so, you know, they run the old Liberty Hill stuff. So regardless of how much you may be better than them on paper, that's an equalizer. That that when, when you have a team that runs the old slot T like Liberty Hill does and runs it very well, they, they can control the clock. So that's my biggest fears we've got to get off the field defensively and slow them down so we can get the ball offensively to our playmakers because they're going to have the same philosophy against us that we had against Shiner you know that we that they want to keep our athletes off the field offensively just like we wanted to limit Dalton's touches so you know but the bottom line is this uh, we're young uh, we're improving. We're ever since the Edna game, mm-hmm. Tev, we we got just absolutely embarrassed uh, week one by what's turned out to be a real good Hitchcock team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I knew they were good, but I didn't see them just kicking our teeth in. But remember, I've, I told you not not to make any excuses. But that was a bunch of our kids' first game since eighth grade when we were start we're starting a bunch of puppies. Well, we rebounded from that, and then we play Edna, which was at that time ranked in the top five and picked to beat us by thirty way bigger than us, way faster, way stronger, and our kids somehow, well, they did what Refurio kids did do. They We pulled that out, and that completely changed our season. Since since the Edna game, we have just been getting better and more. Co- that game gave us our swag back. Mm-hmm. You know, Refurio's always had swag. Well, when, you, when what happened to us in Victoria last year by Shiner, you lose your swag. When what happened to us at Hitchcock, mm-hmm. you lose your swag. And, you know, we, we rebounded the next week with a London and beat them, I think, 39-6 to six or something like that. But we still – you could tell in the coach's office, all of us, the community, the kids, we, our dauber was down because we didn't see Hitchcock doing that to us. Well, when we were able to go over there and upset Edna, it completely changed everything. It changed our community. It changed our kids. It changed our attitude. And we've just been on an up, upward trajectory ever since then and just getting better and better and better and better. And and now the, the, the Shiner game is just another shot in the arm. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't expect anything different. We're going to I think our kids are going to continue to get better and better. And like I said earlier, the sky's the limit with this team because we're still babies. I mean, mm-hmm. babies, babies. One last question for Jason Herring of Refiro here on Texas Football Today. Coach, I think people see you on the sideline. You and I have known each other a while, so I, I know. Mm-hmm. But I think people see you on the sideline. You're an intense fella during games. I think that's fair to say. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just throw aside. Are you having fun? Can you tell the people that you're having fun? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Dude, I love it. I've got the best job in America. I absolutely love it. I don't want to do anything else. In fact, I'm old enough to retire, but I can't I can't stand the thought of sitting at home and not getting a coach. So, yeah, I know. I love it. I love interacting with the kids. I love uh, I, 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 it's the best job in America, guy. 
I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's it's a great fit. That's why I've stayed here 16 years, and I plan on staying as long as he'll have me. But coach, I I, I got to be honest. I can't imagine you retired either. Like, no, <laughs> I don't know. The math doesn't add up. I, I would I would rather die just doing it, bud, and be done with it. I don't I don't want to sit around. I can't sit around. So <laughs> no, it, it, it's a heck of a lot of fun. It's been a good match, and we've had great kids and great support, and it's just been a I've been super blessed, buddy. He's Jason Herring, who's head coach of the Refurio Bobcats, 7-1 and one after a big win over Shiner. Coach, appreciate your time. Congratulations on the big win, and uh, go get Kennedy this week. All right. Thanks, Bob. Good luck. There he goes. Jason Herring, head coach of Refurio Bobcats. Good dude. Good dude. We like Jason Very, Herring. Right? Oh, yeah. We're Jason Herring stands. Right uh, I was just going to say. He gets we, the certified like, stamp yeah. of TFT. Good no, dude. He's, he's good. <laughs> it's funny because like, whenever, whenever I book a guest, especially for Monday, Obviously, you want to reflect what the biggest game in the state was and what the biggest games were. But at the same time, like, I don't want to, I, like, I want to make sure we're spreading it out. And I don't want to interview somebody twice in two years mm-hmm. or something like that, or twice in, in, in a year, something like that, unless it's really, really necessary, right? Because right. there's a lot of coaches, a lot of coaches, a lot of games, a lot of storylines yeah. and stuff. We hadn't talked with Jason Herring in six years. That's just crazy. Like I went back and it was like it was like episode like 104. <laughs> we interviewed Jason Herring, and I'm like, yeah, it might be time. Yeah, you know, what? might be time to call Give Coach call. Herring. Well, and it's funny too because a lot of times we talk about like the teams like that who we don't really talk about them until playoffs roll around. Mm-hmm. But it's like we talk about them all the time. That oftentimes then we're not actually talking to their coach, you know, right. because we're talking so much about them. I can tell you the last time, yeah, so we interviewed him. September 8th, 2016. Good <laughs> That's Lord. the last time we had him on the show. <laughs> so yeah, good talk, Coach Herring. Is I'm, you know, he's good. He's good people. I yeah. like I like Coach Herring a lot. I like him a lot. Anyway, take us. Let's go do. Uh, no, we got more to do. Uh, I, I want to. Guy, you're ready to just call it quits. Peace. You talk to your boy and you're out. It. I like him. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. Of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the leading source for high school football in the state of Texas. And the Tax Act Texas Bowl are proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates 10 candidates for that week's award. Based on the previous week's on-field performance, we then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Another ludicrous slate of, uh, of nominees this week. Let's get to it. Your Week 9 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Denton Geyer, quarterback Jackson Arnold. 25-28, 334, four touchdowns passing, 84 yards, and a touchdown on the ground against Allen on a national stage. Aldine Eisenhower wide receiver Ryan Niblett. 10 catches, 258 yards, three touchdowns receiving, plus he had 56 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Galena Park North Shore athlete David Amador, 11 to 12, 284 yards, three touchdowns passing, eight carries, 91 yards, three touchdowns rushing. And he's the backup. You know what they call him? Touchdown Dave. Call him Touchdown Dave. Harlingen running back Isaiah Bell got that dog in him. 290 yards and four touchdowns rushing. Was he the recipient of the Matt Step? He was. Got that dog in him, yep. player of the week? The Colony quarterback, Carson Cox, 422 yards, five touchdowns passing, and another 335 yards on the ground. Hallsville quarterback, Jace Mosley, 266 yards, four touchdowns passing, 160 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Tulia running back, Damian Sedillo, 302 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. 
Mount Vernon running back Mackenzie McGill. We're just going to keep nominating him, guys. <laughs> 277 yards, four touchdowns rushing, three catches, 91 yards, two touchdowns receiving. Yeah, they, Mount Vernon needs to stand up and start voting for this kid. Vote for him. <laughs> well, quit nominating him if you vote for him. <laughs> Tidehaven wide receiver Tyshawn Davis had seven catches, 251 yards, four touchdowns receiving, 16 yards rushing, three tackles, and an interception. Goodness. <laughs> and finally... Waco Connolly running back Kiefer Sibley. Now, Kiefer Sibley gets my nom- gets my pick for the, wait, what? Yep. Stat line of the week. 14 carries, 426 yards, and seven touchdowns rushing. This is true. This is true. The Whoa. chairman of our company, this is true. The chairman of our company has a son who plays for Salado. Uh-huh. And so they were, play- they were on the business end of Kiefer Sibley this week. Yes. He texted me at halftime. He goes, do you have any numbers on Kiefer Sibley? <laughs> like, this dude's going crazy. crazy. That's a crazy. And uh, he was right. <laughs> anyway, Waco Conley running back Kiefer Sibley up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. So there they are, the 10 candidates for this week's Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Vote early, vote often, vote now at TexasFootball.com. Okie dokie, Pickle. It's time to unveil the Week 10 Dave Campbell Sex Football Associated Press Texas High School Football Rankings. Of course, we've been the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019, something we're very proud of around here. And we are going to roll out this week's rankings, uh, which was, uh, I would say, some places were very boring and other places were chaos. (laughs) chaotic. Let's start with Class 6A. Class 6A, we've got a couple of new entries into the top 10. Into the top 10 for the first time, the DeSoto Eagles move up to number 9 with their win over Cedar Hill. uh, And Spring Westfield up to number 10 with their win over Aldine MacArthur. They're up a couple of spots apiece. Matriculating over to uh, the back half of the rankings where you're going to find something, a couple of interesting things. So... Prosper leaps five spots up to number 11. Shadow Creek up a spot to number 12. Dripping Springs jumps four spots after their win over over Dripping over uh, Lake Travis. So Allen drops from number f- nine to number 14. As a result, because they have uh, because they basically have the same record and. Allen has a head-to-head win over Arlington Martin. Arlington Martin, despite winning, has to drop. They drop behind Allen because we want to make sure this thing makes a little bit of sense. Uh, Highland Park making room for a couple of teams that leap them dropped uh, to number 16. Uh, a couple of other teams uh, kind of get shuffled around. New to the rankings, number 21, Klein Collins drops out. New to the rankings, Cy Fair. Cy Fair back into the rankings with a big one over Springwoods. They are number 25 in this week's rankings. Just had to do some kind of furniture moving because of you have to respect head-to-head wins. So that's kind of why there's a little bit of wonkiness. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, down in the valley. <laughs> With yeah, the Martin Allen, has yeah, like, okay, like, hey, what do you on. do? You have to you have to make it make sense, yep. in my opinion. To five A we go. Five A Division One, where there's a big shakeup as well. Number three College Station drops all the way out of the rankings with their loss to Georgetown. One of the reasons we kicked this around, but one of the reasons that we dropped them out of the rankings was because they were down thirty-five to three in this game. Georgetown. Now they made it a game. They're late, but like they, they were functionally non-competitive for a lot of this game. That drops them out. Also out of the rankings, Port Arthur Memorial suffers their first loss uh, in, in kind of a stunning fashion to Baytown Lee. They drop out. Uh, as a result, Lancaster leaps from number seven to number four. Alito, their big one over Ryan, gets them into the top three. They're at number three. Frisco Reedy up a spot. Midlothian up three spots. Uh, uh, Amarillo Tascosa is up a spot. They survived Amarillo Caprock this week. Mm-hmm. 
PSGA North up two spots in McCall Memorial. Two new teams into the rankings. Number nine, Smithson Valley checks back in. They have won, I believe, six straight after uh, dropping, starting at one and one. They beat Bernie Champion emphatically. And new to the rankings, number 10, A&M Consolidated. They're big winners over Georgetown Eastview. Sets up that big game against College Station. So if you're a College Station fan who's like, hey, why do we drop out of the rankings? Beat number 10, you're probably back in. 5A Division two we go. Where... This was much more boring. Everyone was a winner, with the exception of Liberty Hill, who was off. Everyone's top five remains unchanged. Argyle, Fort Bend, Marshall, Liberty Hill, Texas High, and Grapevine. Keep it on Montgomery Lake Creek, one of the few 9-0 teams in the state. To 4A we go. 4A Division One, where there's a little bit of chaos. We have a new number one. The China Spring Cougars ascend to number one after knocking off Stephenville. They're the number one team in 4A Division One. Uh, you beat them, you beat the man. You are the man. They are the new number one team. We drop Stephenville with the close road loss to number two, uh, still ahead of number three Corpus Christi Cal Allen, who won their 39th straight game over Toloso Midway. 39 in a row. That's the second longest streak in any rivalry in Texas high school football history, by the way. Um, Elsewhere, number eight, Canyon drops out with their loss to uh, Canyon Randall. And so that opens up a spot. Everybody kind of moves up. Kilgore and Chapel Hill nudge up. And back into the rankings, number 10, Brownwood. Back into the rankings. Big win over Lubbock Estacado. Board Division 2, nothing to see here. Everything's exactly the same. Top five remains unchanged. Carthage, Gilmer, Cuero, Silsby, and Belleville, your top five. 3A. Now this is where things get nuts. Chaos. <laughs> So a lot of this happens because, like, just some some team games we didn't see. So Bushland loses to Shallow Water. That drops him from number two to number eight, all the way down. We keep him in the rankings because we still like him, but they're going to stay there at number eight. Lorena loses to Franklin, but that game was close enough that we think that that's a respectable loss. They stay in the rankings there at number ten. Grandview's loss to West drops them all the way out of the rankings, so we have to do a little bit of reshuffling. Now number two in the rankings, the Hitchcock Bulldogs, who are now. All the way up to number two. They were unranked two weeks ago. Now up to number two. Malakoff up a spot to number three. Columbus up two spots to number four. Uh, Shallowwater makes their debut in the rankings, or re-debut, I should say, at number five with that big win over Bushland. Cameron Yo up two spots with, by winning the Battle of the Bell against against Rockdale. Lano farts around with Blanco, but they win it. They're nine and zero as well. They stay the same at number. They stay uh, the same at number seven. Uh, Brock stays the same at number nine with a, a narrow win over Paradise, but little concerned about that. So three A Division one was a bit of a mess. Contrast that to 3A Division 2, which was entirely unchanged. Everyone behaved. Everyone was big winners. Top five remains unchanged. Gunner, Holiday, Newton, Canadian, and Bell's your top five. 2A Division 1, a little bit of shakeup here because of Refurio's win over Shiner. Shiner drops from number four to number six. We're not burying them, certainly, but they dropped number four, number six. Up a spot are Refurio up to number four and Stratford up to number five. Everything else, essentially the same. Your new top five, Timpson, who got a scare from Joaquin, by the way. Yeah, that was wild, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Timpson, Holly, Crawford, Refurio, and Stratford are your new top five. 2A Division 2, a little bit of changes here because of a couple of uh, unforeseen uh, changes. Top 5 remains unchanged. Mart's a big winner over Wortham, Burton, Wellington, Wink, and Chilton. Chilton gets a big win over Granger. Close enough, though, that we still think Granger is the 10th best team in the state. They stay, or they drop one spot to number to number 10. Santo loses to Collinsville, so they drop from number 9 to number 7. That gives us an opportunity to debut Collinsville as the number 8 team in the state with that win over Santo. They are 7-1. and one. Number 10, Milano loses. Loses to Bremont, they drop out of the rankings. 
to the six-man ranks where if you're by the way if, if you're looking for changes you can just turn off the, the show now everything everyone was a big winner we're in full district play mode here boy in six in six-man football everyone was a big winner entirely unchanged top five remains the same abbott westbrook may jonesboro and rankin same thing in 1A Division Two, entirely unchanged. Everyone's a winner in a big way. Benjamin, Cherokee, Balmeray, Oglesby, and Richland Springs round out your top five. And finally, to the private school ranks we go. Where, again, pretty chalky. Dallas Parish Episcopal remains uh, the, the number one team in the private school ranks and the 11-man ranks. Everything else, everyone's a winner. Same thing in the six-man ranks. Everyone's a winner. Passing at First Baptist, still your number one team in the private school six-man ranks. So there you have it, your Week 10 Dave Campbell Sex Football Associated Press uh, Texas High School Football Rankings. You can find all the rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's my thought. Uh, I think that we have, we have a normal schedule this week. Everything is back to normal. We missed uh, last thir- – we didn't have a show Thursday – um, or Friday, but we are back to normal this week. So, yeah, so proceed will, as normal. So, we'll have TFT every day at noon. We will have ROF Wednesday. Uh, we'll have two. a Tep and Step podcast coming out late tonight. Uh, we will have ROF on Wednesday. The new the ROF recap episode is up, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Craven and Mallory. It's pretty good. Listen, I listened to it this weekend. Um, and then we'll have WTF on Thursday. So, anything else? I I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. It's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks to the great Jason Herring of Refurio for being our guest for Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. (laughs) 